I'm Sam Seitels, and you are listening to The Pillars of Hamilton. And thank you so, so much for joining me in this very, very special episode with my wife, Lisa Seitels. You see, it was very important for me to do an episode that Lisa was super proud of and something that my kids could look back on one day and be proud of themselves. At the very end, there's also a special announcement from Allison Gallagher. She's doing amazing things here in town. And if you have a daughter, you need to hear this announcement. But for now, please welcome my guest, the lovely Miss Lisa. You're listening to the Pillars of Hamilton. That's with me, Sam Sidetells. And you want to know what I'm going to give them? Only the finest that Hamilton has to offer. The biggest blueberries you've ever seen, baby. And they're all here right now. For a week, you've waited patiently, or should I say impatiently, as the millions of pillar people were asking me, who is this mystery person you are bringing on? This person's across the table from me right now. In person, I'm happy to say, you're my best guest of all time. You're my favorite guest of all time. And there's a lot of pillar guests who are sitting back thinking, but what about me? Once they hear who you are, they're going to know why. Please introduce yourself. Hello, everybody from Hamilton. This is Lisa Seitels, the owner of Reed Preschool in Camp Tuscaloosa and the wife of Sam Seitels. Welcome to the Pillars, babe. Thank you. Glad hey. to be here. Hey, hey, am I, am, I, am I right in saying cool way to start off a date? Yes. Date night is tonight, and this is the coolest way to start off a date night. Right on. Where are we going later? Did we even figure it out? Uh, maybe Joe's Maplewood. Okay. Shout out to you guys. Uh, free plug, free plug from Lisa Seitels, who, guys, if, if you're a fan of the show, you've been listening to the show, See, Miss Lisa's always in the, she's always in the background. It's so vital to have her there. But the problem is, is she doesn't get the glory. So now's your time for glory, Miss Lisa. You, <laughs> the people need to know why you are vital to this show. Miss Lisa, will you tell them what you do for me? Well, I listen to and help edit uh, every podcast that Sam does on the Pillars of Hamilton. And you do no editing. You just look at me and you're like, Mm-mm, take that out. No, no, take that <laughs> yes, out. No. I have to do the dirty work. But well, I need your vital or your, uh, what's the word? Powerful opinion? Yes. <laughs> I do not do the editing on the computer. I just verbally say, you know, what my suggestions. Yeah. I'm going to work on that with you because I'm tired of editing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's the thing, people, is that <clears throat> at our wedding, People always said that we're very yin and yang. We're very different people, but we balance each other. So not only does she edit, but she critiques, she listens, and and you make people feel good afterwards. Because a lot of people, here's a little secret. Here's a little thing behind the scenes. A lot of people, when they leave the pillars, they had fun. Everyone has fun, I think. They tell me that. But some people leave and they think, oh, was I good enough or was I too boring or was I, uh, I don't know, did I say the right thing? And so then I play the the uh, episode for Miss Lisa, usually the night of the interview. And Miss Lisa, what do you do from there? I write the person who did the podcast with Sam and I let them know, you know, that they did an amazing job. I don't think there's one person that he's had on that hasn't done an amazing job that's 
not um he had a very interesting podcast um well ben hot <laughs> <laughs> shout out to ben hot we love you <laughs> Um, Ben's actually in particular was super funny. So I just pick out things, um, that was actually unique about each person's podcast and I give them my personal feedback, which is just, you know, praise and the things that I loved about it and, um, how interesting it was to me and how it was nice to get to know them more than I may have already known them. So that's what I do behind the scenes. Well, I'm always like in the background, like you're listening and I'm like looking at you at your facial expressions. Like, does she like it? Did she think that was funny? No, she didn't. Of course she didn't. Oh, she found him funny. Okay, fine. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) No, usually I'm just like looking and trying to see like, Oh, does she like it or not? And, um, usually make me feel pretty good. Yes. Well, I think that everything's been going really well with it. And uh, I love just learning more about the people that live in Hamilton and, you know. Me too. I mean, that's that's, what I'm, that's why I'm doing it, right? Like, this is so much fun. This is fun for all of us. Um, but let's talk about the way back. Let's talk about the way, way back, Miss Lisa. I did it. I called you Miss Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time. <laughs> I promise people I'm way more romantic in real life. I don't call her by her teacher name always. <laughs> Lisa. <laughs> yes. Um, people are usually surprised to find out about <clears throat> the the Lisa I knew or before I knew you uh, because they're surprised to find out that you, uh, I don't know, were on TV and stuff. Can you please talk about your whole life back then? Because <laughs> you've done some stuff. Well, I don't usually watch TV um, much anymore. We don't really have TV at the house. So I don't follow these things and then I suddenly will get texts from people saying that I they've seen me on TV or questioning was that you like was that really you on TV it looks so much like you and or they've seen me in a magazine and I'll ask them to you know send me a shot of it and and see and and, and it is me um, <laughs> it's fun to see those uh, things again because I haven't did them in quite a number of years um, when I moved to New York City way back when, um, I got into acting and some modeling and, um, and those are things that, you know, still pop up on the TV even years later. I believe the one that friend, uh, recently texted me was, uh, me on what not to wear doing their intro with my identical twin sister. So, um, that was a fun one to go back and see that that's still on the air, actually. <laughs> well, that's why they picked you guys, right? I mean, of course, because you're beautiful, but <clears throat> you uh, had a very specific niche in the business, right? Yes. I mean, we we were actually with a twin agent. So she was an agent for even multiples, like triplets as well. And, uh, and we got a lot of our work back then um, for being twins because we could do the opposite so if they wanted like a quick changeover from like this is what you should look like like this is how you should dress this is the makeup that you should wear like this is how you should do it and then the this is not what you should dress and this is not the kind of way you should wear your which makeup. twin were you were you the what to wear or what not to wear twin in that i was the what not to wear how dare they <laughs> what they picked nina oh come on now <laughs> So, yeah, and so for actually multiple times, my sister and I were on The View, I mean, at least four times that I can remember, and we would be, one of us would be, this is how you should look, and this is, the other one would be, this is how you shouldn't look. Were you always the should not? 
No. Okay, good. No. Okay. I was going to say, <laughs> did you get to meet Oprah or like any of those View people? Yeah, the the people in the View that run the show. Oh, oh, oh but guess what, listeners? She doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Lisa does not care about anything that has to do with fame or any really nonsense stuff, right? Yeah, like, I mean, there would, there would even be, you know, actresses or, like, I think Whoopi Goldberg was on one of them at one point. And, you know, I, I'm not really, like, fame or famous people. It's not a big thing to me. So, so what were you, know, you doing getting into modeling? Because a lot of the models I know, yeah, like, I know a lot of models. <laughs> but I remember when I was in my 20s and my teens, you know, uh, kids at school or, you know, girls at college or whatever, just talking about doing a modeling career. And most of them, I feel like, really want to, like, be famous, right? Yeah, well, it's interesting, actually, because I never considered modeling or acting when I was growing up, and I didn't get into it because I wanted to do it. When we moved to New York City, um, my sister and I kept getting asked by people to do stuff that involved modeling or hair or, you know, TV stuff, and so we decided, okay, why not give it give it a try? Um, and that's really how we got into it. And then you know, it's funny. Like I've heard, I remember girls back in the day be like, "Oh, people always ask me to do modeling." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, but I've seen it, guys. When you would go in New York City with these twins, like we'd be in the middle of I don't know Washington Square Park, and some guy would come up. Who knows if he's a professional or just some creepy dude? But he's saying like, "Your hair, this and that." I have. This uh, photography session, would you be interested? Like, these, this literally happened to these girls. Uh, and, and being in Hamilton, it's like, that's so foreign. But that would happen in New York City, for sure. Yeah, and my, my sister and I, growing up, we were never into, you know, hair, makeup, you know, fashion. We, we And we still aren't, actually. You did your hair for this podcast. <laughs> well, it is date night. Hold on. Wait, wait. You did your hair? I did your hair. Yes. <laughs> That's right, people. Oh, no, I don't. I feel like all the husbands out there are going to be like, Mr. Sam, why did you say that? Now I got to do my wife's hair. Uh, but I did. I straightened my wife's hair. Yeah, and I truly appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, gentlemen. <laughs> so, uh, and I, speaking of hair, let's like talk about some of those pictures you're in because they almost are unreal. And it, it, you have to like, people, Lisa did um, some photography where they would just do experiment with her hair. And uh, I mean, most of the time now, you don't have time to do your hair. So it's in a ponytail. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we don't got time for that. Yeah, with a business, four kids. Yeah, that's not easy. But if you were to go back and see some of those photos, I don't know, maybe we could find a way to uh, post one of the ones with the, the frizz in your hair. There are photos that it almost looks like it's photoshopped because... And this was like before Photoshop was even big. Like, it's so unbelievable, some of your photos. It's really breathtaking. Yeah, I mean, I have a ton of hair. I mean, more, <laughs> more hair than anybody needs. But um, they, I take it. But I they, take it. Um, they would find ways to, like, really do things with it that I didn't even know were possible. Um, so, I mean, that was always the fun part of modeling is just – seeing like what they would you know do with your hair or you know the fun stuff they might have you wear and whatnot that you weren't really expecting to happen so it was just like another perspective did on... you care about the attention is the attention important to you no 
I totally believe you. I feel like a lot of people, I'm guilty. I want a lot of people to listen to this show. (laughs) (laughs) I want people to like me. (laughs) But uh, you have this yin and yang. Like I tell you, like Lisa has like this uncanny ability to just be able to uh, withstand an awkward silence unlike anything you've ever seen before. (laughs) And I, I don't know about you guys out there, but at least back in the day, if there was an awkward silence, I'd get real nervous. And be like, Sam, think that what are you going to say? You got to say something, bring something up. Oh my God. But then I met the lovely Miss Lisa and we would be sitting there and there'd be times where, you know, we'd be with some friends, nothing to talk about. I just remember looking at her and thinking she doesn't care at all. <laughs> she would be silent all day like this. You don't care. I mean, you want people to like you, but you're not, it's different with you. Yeah, I mean, I just want to be me and the natural me, and I don't feel that, um, you know, if there's a silence. I mean, I'm not uncomfortable with silence. I'm just not. Yeah. Boom. Silence. (laughs) You were totally comfortable. How does she do it? I tried to get her, but I couldn't get her. So the modeling was awesome. Um <clears throat> but that's not all you did. Uh, I wouldn't. I would even say that was that that wasn't as big as your life in the tango world, right? Yeah. Um, so when I was twelve, my dad was always a dancer, a ballroom dancer, and did some folk dancing too as well. And so when I was twelve, um, he started taking us with us to go dancing. At that time, we were doing a lot of swing dancing, East Coast swing, sometimes West Coast swing. You know, we got into some salsa and and pretty much every dance that was out there, waltz. I mean, he taught us a lot of the dancing, but we also took lessons, you know, with various teachers and Yeah, and but you became kind of big in the tango world. Yeah, so then when we were 17, we my dad found out about Argentine tango, and, um, and we st- uh, started doing that. Instead, we sort of went away from the ballroom world at that point because we got sort of fascinated with the tango, Argentine What tango. about it fascinated you? Um, it was just like a different kind of connection in the in the dance world because you have to follow your partner. You don't know what they're going to do, and you just have to follow them. And so that's like a different kind of connection with your partner. You really got to be in... As a female, in, like the male is the one who is, <clears throat> is the one who leads and the female follows. Yes, and so like ballroom, like there, there, there is you know following and whatnot, but not so intensely. And it's more like you have to memorize steps sometimes. And I and I was always sort of against memorizing dance steps. So when even when I was doing ballroom, I just was following. And my dad taught me like you know signs that you could pick up from the leader to just, you know, follow without having to really always memorize steps. So then when I did start Argentine Tango, I was really a natural and um, people sort of asked where we came from. Like we just sort of appeared out of nowhere. Oh, you're talking about the Tango twins. That's right, people. (laughs) They are known in the Tango world. Or they were at one time, but I'm sure they have many people who remember the Tango twins. And there was a moment, I haven't seen you dance too much tango. I mean, that was your life before me. But at our wedding, um, you had a dance with your dad. Yeah, that's a very special dance. Um, We did waltz at my wedding, and I don't think... That wasn't tango. 
whatever it was. I don't care. I'm not a dancer. All I, I, know I think is, it might have had some tango. He might have put some tango moves in oh, it. Oh, all right. Mix it up. Whatever yeah, it was. But it, it was a waltz. And um, and I don't think people, a lot of people didn't know that I danced in my past. So they weren't expecting us to do a dance like that. And they were surprised. Well, here's the thing. is like <clears throat> everyone knows I'm a pro wrestler because I don't be quiet. I, I was a pro wrestler because I don't shut up about it. Nobody knows your stuff because you're so I don't know if humble or you're not secretive. It's just I don't know. You don't you don't mention it. Yeah, I mean it's it's just like when I basically basically I gave it up when I met you because like my life took a turn for. Weren't you? Didn't you give it up a little bit before? I me? did give it up a little bit before you because it didn't really mesh with being a uh, preschool teacher anymore because a lot of the dances that you go to are during the night. Like, they start at, like, 11, mm. um, and then they go into, like, 3, 4 in the morning. And I was like, I can't get up the next day and be my best self for the kids if I'm out at that time of night. Can you imagine night. now? We haven't seen 11 o'clock since <laughs> 2014. So I had I had given a lot more of it up by then, and then by the time I met you, I, I simply really wasn't interested in pursuing it anymore even though i there is times that i miss it but i was interested in pursuing dreams that i had always had as a child which was you know meet your soulmate and you know start a family and uh, so that was where i found myself at at that point and i was completely 100 percent okay to stop so you stopped what like how long before you met me i mean i think not that long before. I mean, I think I had started my job in and that January and I met you in August. Okay. And you literally stopped and were like, all right, I'm quitting this and I'm looking for my soulmate. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I completely decided I did not From 11 need- to 3 in the morning, I'm out there looking. No, I decided I did not need to go back to it once I met you. Like, I wasn't, I didn't feel like oh. I was... I didn't feel like I needed to fill in my time with that anymore because I now had you and I was interested in filling in my time with my future with you. Mm. Why? <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. It's worked out so far, right? Yes. So far, so good? Yes. Good. Yeah, well, a- I don't want you tangoing because I've seen some videos of you tangoing and it makes me jealous. <laughs> 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 but babe just for everyone if if lisa wants to tango i'll let her tango <laughs> but you genuinely said you're that that was your past life that you're over with that you're done yes yeah i mean i really have so much filling my life right now that it's not something that i find to be a void at all so okay your tango your modeling and then you move to new york city that was no. So I you were had, tangoing in New York City. Yeah, that is why I moved to New York oh, City. Oh, you're doing all of it while you're in New York City. Yes. Okay. Yes. You're in New York City. You were your original career choice. I don't know what it was. Um. Well. Well, we, I remember you told me about something about uh, stewardess, right? No, I had I I was always a very conscientious, hard worker in school, and after I got my bachelor's degree, I was like a triple language major: um, Spanish, Italian, French. I was like mentally exhausted and I wasn't entirely sure where my path was headed and I didn't want to rush into it. So I decided I was going to take a break and I was just going to go move to New York City 
And uh, that was where, like, the, the hub of tango was at the time. Argentine tango was, like, one of the major ones. And um, so that's when we decided to move there. And, and then it was really four, four years or so after that, I was like, okay, I really want to decide what I'm doing with my life now. Maybe even less than four, maybe three. And I decided I wanted to go back to school and I was, and I made a list, you know, my mom's done a lot of stuff in the career field, like how people choose their careers and whatnot. So she had suggested making a list of the things that I liked doing to help me decide, you know, what I ultimately wanted to do. So, you know, like I made a list, like I love working with children. I like being around people. I'm good at like administrative stuff, just like a whole bunch of stuff like that. And, um, and then I asked my dad, I was like, you know, I made this list. I'm really not sure exactly yet what I want to do. And he's the one who said, what about Montessori teaching? And so as soon as he said that, I was like, well, what is that? And I started looking into it and, um, and I loved it. The minute I saw it, I loved it. And, um, I knew I hadn't really wanted to teach in the public schools at the time, um, I wanted to be more like in an environment that had a little bit more creative freedom with, you know, being able to guide the curriculum a bit yourself. There is a curriculum in Montessori that you can follow, but at the same time, there's a lot of ways to be um, super creative and and sort of follow your own path with it and, and even supersede the curriculum and the goals for that age level. So I decided, like, this is really what I wanted to do, and I love the preschool age well, group. <clears throat> right, and that's where I met you, was uh, you, yeah. were, you, were, you were teaching your own preschool class, and I was coming in for martial arts. Tell So tell me, though, like, did you love it? Well, you said you loved it. What did you love about it? Um, did you feel like this was your... Because I don't really know. Like, did you feel at that moment like this is my career forever? Because obviously you aspired to do more. Um, well, like I, I pursued getting my master's degree as well as um, my Montessori certificate because I was really passionate about it and knew that this is like the field I wanted to be in. And as I went and worked through, you know, the years at the, the school I was teaching at, I thought that I could be, you know, still in this field, but doing, like, moving my way up. So I sort of thought about, like, oh, I could be maybe a principal somewhere, but I didn't really know how to get there. So I would, like, just contemplate, you know, how would I get there? Um, Like, would I need to take more courses? It was just something I sort of daydreamed about, and uh, that's really, you know... So I just daydreamed about being a principal okay. at, at somewhere. I wasn't sure how to get there. Right. So I'm going to ask a question as if I don't know the answer, but I think people will probably want to know your side of the story. Um, how the heck did we end up here? <laughs> so um, we had decided to move out of the city, you know, having um, a child and a dog at that time in a one-bedroom apartment with, you know, the rent actually quite high. Um, and still going up every single year. Um, we just wanted to move into a house and have like, you know, a backyard and things like that. So we did. And, and then we thought, you know, it was closer to the city than it was. But, you know, when, once you added in all the traffic, it was 
a two-hour commute just one way. And so it was a four-hour commute each day that we did not really realize until after we had um, settled on a house and, and bought it in the Suffern area of New York. So, but at the time we did think, well, you know, we can find a job closer to the house. And we did send out lots of resumes because it just w- would be more feasible, you know, building a family to work closer to the house. And we got callbacks from pretty much everybody. But we found that, you know, the pay in that area was just not equal to the pay in the city. And having just bought a house. Not equal? You're talking about a fraction. Yes. <laughs> so, like, having just bought a house based on that, <laughs> um, it, it was, it, we found ourselves in a bit of a bind, but. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, she's putting it lightly. Like, if we're going to get, like, real about it, I mean, we were, people see us now, and we see how happy we are, and then we got our family, and I don't want to get emotional, babe, but those were really hard times. Yeah, I mean, like just the commute alone for our son in the back seat, two hours one way, two hours the next way, he just cried. He felt like he was in a prison cell. It was it was tough. It was tough, especially for first time parents who just it was a it was a real struggle. Yeah, um, and so then we got we we kept going to interviews, you know, and so we did get called in for this interview, and. It was, you know, a couple that owned a few schools, and they asked us if we wanted to buy their school, and we... We came in for a job interview, yeah. and they said, no, they said, have you ever thought about owning a school? I was like, nah. <laughs> yeah, and even though, like, in my head where I was thinking, like, I wanted to be a principal one day, like... I well I I may have thought of it. I never knew that how I would even get there. Like the steps that that would take. I used to tell people like our our previous boss and my boss before that I used to tell them I would never want your job. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff you have to do. Little did I know I'd be living my best life doing their job. But still it used to terrify me. Yeah. So I mean when she asked that, you know, it I just you know, disregard it for lack of a better word, because I just didn't see like how to get there. I didn't see the path. And right, we really brushed over it. Yeah, <laughs> we're <just> like no. <laughs> I mean, how many people on earth are asked to buy we, a school? Yeah, I think we were more uh, complimented by it. Like, oh, you because they were saying that they were like passionate and they want good people, and so we were like, oh, you want us? Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean that 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 was really nice. But then. Three weeks later, they emailed us and they said, have you thought about it? Have you thought about buying the school? And at that point, I turned to you and I said, wow, they're serious. Like, (laughs) this is serious. And so I decided, well, let's like, you know, ask our parents what they think. No, no. Can I take a pause right here? This is where Sam would say, look, I just love teaching the kids. I love making a difference in their lives. And this is where Miss Lisa thinks wait a minute, but we could do so much more. And Mr. Sam is like, but I love what I'm doing. And Miss Lisa has the bigger vision. Go on. Yes, that's true. So like, I, I, I like to say I can see potential in the future of a vision if I have one. And, um, and I knew that while Sam might not have been able to see it as quite quite as clearly as me, I knew that once he was in it, living it, breathing it, he would love it. So, um, you know, with the with our parents saying 
that they had only the utmost confidence in us and that we should absolutely pursue this. It was at that point that, you know, the wheels got rolling and and we went from there. And it was an intense year-long process of going through the steps to buy that school. Um, I don't think anyone, unless they're in it, could could imagine how many steps um, accountants, lawyers, paperwork, um, investigating, doing due diligence. Do you guys meetings. see why I was happy just sitting back in my classroom? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, like, I it was literally a second job. So we would go to our job, commute four hours a day, and then I would come home and I would continue doing that. And... And my mom was there by my side for so much of it. I could not have done that without her. We, yeah, no, she's yeah. been instrumental. This, we would not be the owners of Reed Preschool if it was not for your mom, hands down. It was, it, it wouldn't, we would not be here now if it was not your mom. And she needs to know. <sighs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah, seriously, the biggest shout out to my mom. So being there alongside me and Sam the whole way. Um, it got to the point where we had signed um, a contract to proceed, you know, towards the end, towards the end steps of going ahead and buying it. And we quit our jobs thinking that everything was going to be okay. And then we discovered stuff, I think it was literally a week later, that that it wasn't going to work out. We, could, uh, we, we quit our jobs because we thought it was all good to go. And, it, and then things were found about enrollment that was not told to us. And, and we just found out some stuff that was uh, very disheartening and helped <laughs> making us realize we were about to make the biggest mistakes of our lives. Yeah, and at that point, not only did we have to ask for our jobs back, and we did get them back, but we were devastated. I mean, we had spent a year of our lives working towards a dream, like the biggest dream. That moment where we're all in the living room, you know, me yeah. looking at you and your mom. This was after I worked out because I remember like being on the phone with your mom saying, I need to beg for my job back right now. I need to put food on my kid's table. This is Three years ago, four years ago, it's crazy. Yes, uh, it was. It was such a bad moment. I just remember, to be frank and honest, that I cried. I think for three days straight, at least three days straight. Um, it was like a death to me after working so hard towards this dream, like the death of a dream. And um, and I remember calling my mom. Um, at that time, because she had, she was back at her house, and I said, I don't know how to move on from this. I need to figure out a way to move on because it was just so painful uh, to lose this dream. And and she was amazing. Like she, after like that that third day, she she had the right words and she knew exactly how I felt. And the thing that got me through it was her utter and 110% confidence that we were not going to give up and we were going to move ahead and find another school. And I literally thought to myself, is my mom crazy? Like there can't be other schools out there. Like this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like how many schools out there could possibly be for sale? And so I was like, how can she like believe so much that there's another one out there for us? How? 
And so I looked at her and she did. And that that utmost confidence and not wanting to lose the dream of her daughter and her son-in-law, that's like what kept me going and brought my confidence back and said, okay, let's go ahead. Let's keep looking, you know. And so that's what we did. And this time we decided we would go through a broker um, instead of doing you it on that, people, there are brokers for schools. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and even though we had just bought that house, I said, I do not care. I will sell it. We will buy it and then we will sell it. And um, and we decided we will look up the whole East Coast. That, 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 that made sense. And so that's what we started doing. And eventually we came across a listing and they're all confidential they they don't tell you the names or anything like that it's very confidential um but my mom is like this expert investigator and she figured it out and she's like here this is the school you want to take a look at it check out the facebook here's the website and it definitely did end up being um reed uh preschool in camp tuscaloosa she was spot on um, with figuring it out from the minimal details listed on the broker site. And um, and so at, me, naive at the time, I thought it was like on, like right by the ocean or something. And I got nervous about like all the hurricanes that happened. And I, I didn't was know like, that. Yeah, what? I was like, wait, this is like in Atlantic County. Like, is it by the shore? Like, is it going to get classic, hit by a hurricane? <laughs> classic Lisa right here. And it was like so not that. But I, I was yeah. just nervous. So we went into this, you know, new, you know, due diligence and everything. And and it was nerve-wracking the whole time because we had lost the first one we tried for, and and our previous lawyer had said statistically that that's what happens, that it, the deal doesn't go through. And so going through this again, it was just so nerve-wracking, and I worried day in and day out about whether we would succeed with, you know, reaching our dream. But, um, you know, then we met with what turned out to be Miss Dina and John, her husband. And the minute we walked into the school and we saw them, after having seen several schools before that, I said, this is it. This is the one. It, it felt like a school. And most importantly, it felt like a school full of love. Uh, we walked through. I didn't know how you felt. I'd be like, whatever Lisa thinks, I think. But like, there was a moment where I thought to myself, "Oh, oh, this is different." And it was because uh, it was Jaden. Jaden was with me on that little bridge on the playground, and Miss Dina. Any, anyone who knows her knows. You just know. And Miss Dina comes out, and she looks at me, and she looks at Jaden on the playground, and she just looks at me, and she said something along the lines of, "You're really great." But I could see it in her eyes. I didn't even know Miss Dina then. I know her now. But I knew when I looked in her eyes, I thought, this is a really special person who's telling me that I'm great because she wants me to take over this school. I just knew it. And Miss Dina, if you're listening to this, and if I'm wrong, don't tell me. But when she said that, I thought to myself, this is a very special person, someone I strive to be. Uh, I want the same kind of legacy as her telling me, kind of like saying to me that like she's willing to pass the torch. Like I can see that you're a good 
person and that I'd like to sell the school to you. And like I said, maybe that's not what it was, but in my head, when she looked at me and she said that, I saw it in her eyes that she was thinking to herself, this is really hard, but I want it to go to you. Yeah, it was it was interesting because I, you know, I I've was raised to be, you know, very much like my mom this way. Like we came in when we met Miss Dina and we had a whole list of questions like typed up to ask, you know, about you know, <laughs> being a principal. Like what? Wait, don't say we because, you know, that's not my style, <laughs> yes. but that's hardcore your style. Yes. And that's actually, you know, from what Miss Dina spoke to me about later, like that's when, you know, that helped her see that, you know, I was serious and I cared about, you know, what we were looking into and what we were going to potentially take over um, because she said I was asking questions that I should ask. So I thought that was nice that she said that because I always try to come into something, you know, prepared. For, any, for anyone who doesn't know. I don't want to get into the details of it, but Dina did uh, turn down people. Like she, I know some people uh, were upset that, you know, it came out of nowhere that she was uh, leaving, but don't worry about that. Just know that when she decided that it was time for her to hang it up and to move on, that she only wanted what she felt would be right for this town, so much so that she actually turned back on another deal to make sure she picked the right people. And that makes me feel humbled. I mean, Mistina's is the best. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's a lot. Like I just remember, um, it's a lot to give up, um, to pass the torch on to other people. Do but you ever think about when we have to do it one day? Yes. I, I mean, think about that all the time. Because it's a ve- it's very emotional. It is, as she said, and I agree, it's like an- another child. This business is your baby. This is the best time of our lives. This is the most important part of our lives. Everything before it, maybe stuff after it, it's all going to be secondary to this moment that we're living right now. Yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. It is a dream come true. It is more than a dream come true because... Like I said, I had always wanted to do more in in the same field and still with children, just reach more people, I guess I would say. And I just never knew how I would get there. And just the fact that it came up, I guess, fatefully out of nowhere. I mean, and I have to say, like at the time I was devastated that that other school didn't work. But in hindsight, if those people had not asked us if we wanted to buy their school, we would never be here today. Like that deal didn't work out, but because that deal didn't work out, now we're here. And now I'm like thankful to those people. At the time I was just so hurt, but now I'm, I'm so incredibly thankful that that happened. And I'm thankful to you because, because of your ambition and because of what you bring to the table, I'm able to really live my best life. I'm able to be as creative as I want to be, not have to go through someone on the top. Well, I mean, you're on the top, so I kind of have to go through you. (laughs) (laughs) But you always give me the, not always, but you usually give me the green light. Like this podcast would not happen, would not have happened if I didn't say, hey, Lisa, can we do this? Because you're the, you are definitely the one that I would go to. If you say that it's a bad idea, bad for the business, I'm going through you. And that's the thing is that a lot of people hear me. They see me with the kids. I want to let you guys know, 
none of this without Lisa. And and some people just say that to get over with their wife and make sure they're saying the right <laughs> words. I am telling you, from anybody who's had a kid come home and say, Mr. Sam did this or Mr. Sam did that, it's there's a Miss Lisa behind that. There is no Mr. Sam without Miss Lisa in this. That is literally bringing tears to my eyes. <laughs> me too. It's so true, though. You're getting, you're letting me live my dream. I didn't even know this was my dream to own a school and to be able to give the shows that I give. Give uh, you know me. Not everyone else knows. People sometimes see my videos and they just think like I don't know what they think. But you realize that there might be a morning where I'm like, hey, I got an idea. Let's go out and do it. And I do it, and it, it could be a huge hit. Or not. <laughs> but you're the one to give me the green light. And I get to do all the things that I want to do because of this platform and because you're smart enough to tell me, hey, do it. Or don't you dare <laughs> do that. <laughs> so thank you because I, I definitely get to live my life, best life and it's because of you. I, I love teaching. I'd still be living a great life just teaching in a classroom because I am so passionate about that. But what you've given me through your ambition and through uh, your direction, you've given me my best life. Oh, thanks, Sam. That means a lot. That means more than you can possibly know. Really, it does. Um, I think, you know, the fact that Miss Dina picked us, you know, that means the world to me. Um She's she's definitely up there in the people that I hold in the highest esteem. Um, it's like my mom, my dad, and then there's Miss Dina. Um, Dang, babe. I thought yeah. it was me next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really talking about to, people older it, than us right now. It's hard to compete with Miss Dina. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, yeah. No, I'm talking about like mentors okay. to us. Yeah. Um, so... Like, I just remember, like, Miss Nina did everything she could uh, to stay on and prepare us for, you know, taking taking the torch. And she was amazing with Do that. You mean we didn't kick her out? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was very sad when she left. I actually still remember that moment. Um, it was summer camp. And I knew she was going to leave that day. And I think she got, like, some pizzas for the staff. And and then she she literally disappeared. Um it was like she was there and then she was gone. Well, it was so hard for her. Yeah, and and I remember sitting there on the lifeguard bench, lifeguarding, and I felt like the world was so huge in that moment. Like there was just this vastness, and I'm like looking out at the camp and all the kids and all the staff, and I'm like just in a moment of awe, and I'm like, now this is mine. Like this is Miss Dina's gone. It's like she left this void, and then I she left pizza. <laughs> she left pizza, and and I could feel the void, and at the same time I could feel the vastness and the amazingness and the specialness of what was now ours, and the huge responsibility. I mean, I think that's. That's what I felt, and Dina always said it: the huge responsibility. And I and I definitely felt in that moment um, all of that. So, okay, tell me about that first year. 
I know my experience. And I know your experience too. Um, but share whatever you want because anyone, I, I get a lot of it from friends who are like, how did you do it? Like, I don't know how you do it. And I don't mean that to put myself over because let me tell you. It wasn't easy. Oh my <laughs> God. But that first year in particular, that was a growing year for us. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't just the t- taking over the business in itself. I mean, like the, the, we had to, you know, learn everything, the, the ropes and all that. But it wasn't just that. It was the things that we were doing simultaneous to that. Like we were renovating the school in two weeks time um, before it opened again. We were um, renovating the upstairs to, to live in. We were, you know, going through like fixing stuff or experiencing stuff that we weren't expecting to experience. Um, like during that two week renovation period, just to give an example, I was covered head to toe with massive poison ivy, which most people probably don't know about. Um, and that was like a torture in itself to, you know, just be going through all of this and, you know, still commuting because we were living in Delaware at my mom's house while we had the renovations going on um, and still, you know, running the business and, you know, other things cropped up, you know, things that needed fixing, things we weren't expecting. And it was just a whirlwind. I literally lost 10 pounds in that first month because I, I simply didn't have time to eat. I mean, I know that's hard to believe, but I, I really didn't have time to eat. I would go to pick up something to eat, and then the phone would ring, and I would answer it, and it would be someone wanted a tour, and then I would go to pick up something to eat, and then I'd be called away. I had to go immediately do something else, like someone was showing up to do some other kind of work, and and it was literally a whirlwind. It was it was insane, and that the first year was. Can was we mention full of, some of some of the random problems to pop up during all the craziness? Sure. I don't know if I'm allowed to. Sure, I already mentioned my poison ivy. Did you mention someone backing up into the water? Yeah, into the well. Into the well. And we didn't realize at the time. Um, so we were buying bottled water for the whole camp. For- <laughs> yes. That, that was insane, but, you know, we managed through it. People were very understanding. Um, yeah, people that. were very cool. It was an accident. It didn't, it wasn't, it just happened. I mean, accidents happen, um, but we just went with it. Like, every problem that hit us, we just went with it. Um, and I think it's because you... Did. you- <laughs> no, you did. I was a wreck. I was a wreck, and I just want everyone to love us because <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm insecure. You, on the other hand, were the... You were the rock. Well, thank you. Um, I mean, I just, you know, was like, well, okay, how are we going to solve this problem? We're just going to make it through it. And then, you know, the next problem would come. And then we would go, okay, we'll get through that one. And then um, and then there would be, like, it's literally just when you're expecting something not to happen, then something major would happen. Well, at the same time, we're the new owner or something. Oh, my God, our well broke. People are going to think we're terrible owners. Oh, my God, this happened. People are going to hate us. <laughs> Um, you stayed strong. Yeah, I mean, there really, I think what kept me strong was just, you know, one, the determination to succeed and, and do what I knew we could do. And uh, two, um, I, I know who we are as teachers and um, people who, you know, want to do the best for children and 
in the community and we always have been that way and I know what we're capable of teaching to, to get them to know what they need to know before they move on to kindergarten and I was very confident in that I never questioned my confidence I do in feel that. like because of our strong points that we moved to the, the best place we could possibly move and took on the best task we could possibly take on yes um I I'm just every single day I'm so grateful to be here I'm grateful to be in Hamilton where like everybody here is just so nice and so um welcoming of us and I'm grateful that my children have this kind of community to grow up in as well what do you um, like so much about Hamilton um, I love all the events that take place that are so child-friendly. I didn't have those uh, growing up in Delaware at all. I mean, some people do. Some people have the carnival that comes once a year, or maybe there's a, a parade in their town. But we get parades on the reg. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, I just did not have those experiences in my town me neither it, i mean we had in new york city too but it wasn't so personal it was very like yeah that's this a mass load of people like over, ma- it's, it's, over, it's overwhelming i just didn't actually i avoided those events there's grossness going on there too here yeah. there's not no grossness yeah <laughs> no and and uh so that's definitely one thing i love the other thing that makes a huge difference in a place that you live is the people um, just the people are so nice. It's such a community feeling. I mean, we know so many people. When we used to live in Suffern, we, you know, woke up at five in the morning, got back at like seven thirty, eight at night. We didn't even know our neighbors. Like we said hi to them once, I think. And and here we know like so many people, hundreds of people. It's just a whole nother. I feeling. can't go to the store anymore, babe. <laughs> <laughs> No, if you see me at the store, say hi. But seriously, I can't go to the store anymore. (laughs) I love it, though, man. I remember back in the day, I literally remember going to the store and thinking, man, if someone recognized me, that'd be pretty darn cool. Like, if I saw a friend, that'd be pretty darn cool. Now I'm like, if someone doesn't see me, it'd be pretty darn cool. (laughs) No, but but it's it's so much love. I mean, So much love. It's ridiculous how much love we get. Yeah, it's it's just incredible. From the letters to the verbal to all, all the love we get. Are we not living our best lives, babe? Yeah, we definitely are. And I definitely feel my children are as well. Um, yes. There is nowhere else yes. I would want them to grow up than in Hamilton. Absolutely, hands down. And it's not just in Hamilton. Yeah, that's 99% of it. But the other 1% is they live at Reed Preschool <laughs> yes. where, I mean... Perhaps when they're teenagers, it might not be so cool. But right now, we have sprinklers galore. We got a playground, Gaga Pit. We got it all. And yeah, this is a personal plug. Send your kids to Reaper School. <laughs> and Camp Tuscaloosa. And Camp Tuscaloosa, of course. <laughs> yeah, we're lucky. Thanks, babe. Well, thank you. Because, I mean, I... I always considered you like, like, for lack of better terminology, like a secret weapon. Like you're so good at what you do, and kids absolutely adore you. That like people may not know that when they just see you know this this guy come into a preschool and they're questioning like who is this and you know what do they have to offer. But having worked with you before when I met you and seeing the impact you've had on kids' lives. Um, since day one, I know exactly what you have to offer to everybody. And I just wait for them every time to see that for themselves. Thank you, babe. And guess what? 
What? I still feel like the best is yet to come for all of us. I I certainly hope so. I mean, that sounds amazing. We, I mean, it, it's already amazing. What we have amazing, right now is amazing. But I do feel like for all of us, the best is yet to come. Aww. And, you know, I have to say, certainly having, um, you know, little Sora enter our lives um, into the world of, you know, what we're living in right now, that was like, you know another dream come true for me to have because i when i was a child i don't know how many people know this i always wanted four kids that was my number four kids i wanted two so yeah i know all about your four (laughs) (laughs) and i did want you know some of each like a boy a girl um and but you know you never know if you're gonna get that and and whoever i got i was gonna love to the max like no matter what so I just didn't know, like, you know, we got to child number four, and I was like, who is this going to be? And then it turned out to be uh, a beautiful daughter, Sora, and uh, that was, you know, the icing on the cake of my dream. All right. Are you ready for the chat pack? I'm totally ready for the chat pack. So, okay, before we get to the chat pack, uh, is there anything else you want to say? Did I miss anything? Um. Well... You know, nothing about getting to where we are now was easy at all, including even things that I didn't mention, such as, you know, missing seeing Casey a lot because we were working long hours. And and as I did mention, just seeing Jaden, you know, in, in his car seat crying a lot. And it was painful to see that. So in achieving the dream that we were striving for, I had those things in the back of my mind the whole time. And so when the first business didn't work out, I felt like I had failed my children and myself in going forward with achieving, you know, a better um, and even more fulfilling life for all of us. And that was really hard for me. So there was actually this song that um, you introduced me to that is called The Cave, and it pretty much expressed exactly how I felt at the time, Um, because I would say in the whole two years of leading up to our current lives here, that the hardest thing for me, besides, you know, missing seeing my kids, um, such as Casey, or seeing Jaden upset, was losing that first business, because that was our dream. And so this song, I know everyone interprets songs in their own way, but this is how I interpret it because the words to it just sounded so much how I felt at the time. And when I shared it with my mom, she felt exactly the same way about it as me. It just to me represented um, how much she had sacrificed for us, not once, but twice. And... uh, how strong she was and how that made me strong and just about persevering through pain and finding the strength to move on and hold your head up again and start over and uh, this song for that reason was just special to me and it always will be Um, it just encapsulated that whole feeling that we felt and and then moving on from it, finding a way to move on from it. So just thought I would share that. 
Yeah, I play a lot of music for you. I didn't realize uh, that was the song you actually cared about. Yeah, that definitely is. And like I said, when I shared it with my mom, she got emotional about it like I did. So if anyone's interested in listening to it um, after hearing our story, um, you might see why I felt that way. All right, choose. Okay, it says, what world record would you most want to establish if you could? Well, I love children, so I would say having (laughs) the most children, (laughs) but nothing crazy, like nothing too crazy. You want to get the world record, but you don't want a crazy number? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I mean, maybe we could include all the children a read in Camp Tuscaloosa in that. <laughs> okay. Sure. All right. You have time for one more? Yes. All right. Choose. Okay. Uh, aside from any family occurrence, marriage, special anniversary, birth of a child, etc., what event or accomplishment would you consider to be the highlight of your life thus far? This is... A great question, and I can answer that very easily. Uh, hands down, um, becoming the owner of Reed Preschool in Camp Tuscaloosa. Um, this is definitely a dream come true for me and a huge accomplishment um, for what I've wanted and wasn't sure how to obtain um, in my past. So to have achieved it means so much to me. Awesome. So, do you have any shout-outs before we go out to dinner? Yes, I do. Um, An absolute shout-out to my mom and dad. Um, I would not be who I am, where I am, doing what I love were it not for them. They mean the world to me. Um, Very special people. They've always believed in me, been there for me, and provided wise counsel. Um, a shout out, of course, to my kids. They are the lights of my life, a dream come true, and my heart, my soul, my everything. Uh, shout out to my sister, my identical twin, who's a soulmate of another kind and a best friend other than you. A shout out to you, because um, when I first met you, I told you I can't believe you exist, and I'm so grateful you entered my life. Um, because of you, I'm living... Uh, my dream, all of my dreams, actually, and that includes having you as my husband. And I cannot do this podcast without giving a shout-out to Miss Dina. She is a person who will always hold a special place in my heart and who um, will share the special experience of knowing what it means to own Reed Preschool in Camp Tuscaloosa. Um, I'm definitely honored that someone with such a legacy saw our hearts and souls and entrusted us to carry on um, both Reed and Camp. I have to give a shout out to our amazing Reed teachers and camp counselors who are all such wonderful and dedicated people contributing so much to the success of Reed and Camp because of who they are. Uh, They all instill joy, fun, learning, and love in children's lives, and they care about us as well, which means so much to me. And the saying that it takes a village is so true. And finally, I have to give a shout-out to the people of Hamilton for welcoming us and entrusting their children in our care. Your faith, 
uh, in us. Your love for us and appreciation uh, for all we do means more than you can ever know. This is our passion, and your support enables us to live our dream. So thank you. So what do you think about podcasting? I loved it. It was so fun. (laughs) Cool. Well, I love you, and I am ready to be out of here. You too? (laughs) Yes, let's go eat dinner. Love you. Love you. Hamilton, listen up. The original pillar is here. Go back to episode one. The rock star photography is back in the pillar studio, and she's not alone. She brought a little rock star with her. Please, who are you people? This is Allison from Allison and Studios. And who are you? Julia Gallagher. (laughs) And what are you guys here to tell everybody? So we are doing an event on January 19th uh, at 11 o'clock in my studio, 9 South Washington Street. And it's called I Choose Me. And it's an event to empower tweens. And so we are inviting 8 to 12-year-olds. We want to empower them. We have a few speakers coming. We have Maria Grande, who's an incredible life coach, motivational speaker. We have Carrie's coming from Solid to talk to the girls. Oh, um, and I know we, all about Carrie. Yeah. People have requested for her to be on my she's show. Awesome. She's awesome. I love her so much. So she's going to come and talk to the girls about their bodies, about nutrition. And then we have an accountant, a woman coming, a mommy coming to talk to them about money. Um, and then we're going to do some fun things in between. Um, we have someone coming to draw designs on them and empowering words on them. And then I'm going to bring them into the studio and photograph them. And I'm going to gift them um, an image of, of themselves to have to remember who they are in their uniqueness, that they are awesome in who they are and don't let anyone ever tell them otherwise. This is for girls between the ages of? Eight to twelve. Eight to twelve. And they have to call to register because I've limited space. And then we're and then there's a twenty suggested twenty dollar donation to Girls Inc., um, which is an is an awesome empowering organization. For, That's all for you're asking girls. is for people to donate twenty dollars. Yes. 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 You're awesome, Julia. Yes. Are you going to be there? Yes. Oh, hey, can you do me a favor, Julia? Yeah. Can you keep this going so that my baby Sora can come in eight years? Okay. Yes! <laughs> this is amazing. Allison Gallagher, you rock. Thank you so much for bringing this Thank to Hamilton. Thank you. Thank you. You rock too, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.